Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Monday, January the 16th, 2023. The weaponization of loneliness. Austin Ruse is going to be back on the program at 35 past the hour. It's going to be good to talk to him again. But I saw two stories over the weekend that I felt were very concerning. Both concerning Africans, in fact. One, a Catholic priest burned alive in his parish, the hands of terrorists, Islamic terrorists. The other, a bit of a white martyrdom. In the Mall of America, what would you do? Are you prepared to stand and give your whole life for Jesus? Well, we're going to talk about that coming up at 15 past the hour. Hey, is it possible that uh, Frank Pavone was, in fact, notified before his laitization? What is the official word? How do you say that? Laitization? Laitization? Is there there a T in there? I think there's a T. There's a T. Laitization? Laitization. Was he Lady. notified ahead of time? We interviewed yeah. him, you might recall. Uh, in fact, he said no, he had no an official notification. The diocese is saying otherwise. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on the top of the next hour to discuss that. Hey, something extraordinary happened over the weekend. The Miss Universe competition. Did you watch that, by the way, Rudy Carlos? Uh, no, I was busy doing something else. You weren't watching Miss Universe pageant mm, competition? No, I don't typically watch those. Huh. Are you sure? Mm. You look like the kind of guy who might watch that. No. 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 no Turns out so. that the new owner of the Miss Universe pageant, uh, I didn't know that was a thing you could own, but whatever, um, came out on stage and saying, hey, you know, uh, this, this is going to be run by women from now on. 71-year history from the first time it's run by a woman. Huh. Her problem is well, biological male dressed up as a woman oh, was making those statements. No. Kind of weird. Hey, a third trove of classified documents, um, not once, not twice, but three times, apparently now they found documents, classified documents in Biden's home there. So special counsel has been appointed. Who knows what will happen? The other thing that I found interesting over the weekend, um, there's lots of stories, but the Center for Disease Control has come out and said they have collected just enough data now of problems related to the the Pfizer and BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine that they may do some investigating to find out why people are having strokes and heart attacks now. So I guess we'll find out whether or not we're ever allowed to even have that conversation. Hmm. So. Maybe they can, uh, well, since we're, since we're allowed to talk about it mm-hmm. now. Are, well, are can, we? Can we? Well, they, they've every, admitted to it. Every so, time we try, we hmm. still get our hands slapped. Maybe we'll get our YouTube videos back. CDC is that. investigating this, but I don't think we're yet allowed to have that conversation. Hmm. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. How did it go yesterday? It went well. It went really well. The I gave a talk on the sublime life versus the vulgar world, and it was really interesting. I think, or at least I thought it was interesting. I <laughs> spent a lot of time writing it, but the the I think I think it was accepted well. Gabe recorded it, so 
that will probably go up at some point. I don't know how fast Gabe turns things around, but he said he's going to post it on his channel. So cool. if you're not following Gobby After Hours or probably True Faith Talks is probably where he's going to post it. Yeah. I think he's trying to actually like have a plan with his 400 million YouTube <laughs> channels. But if you could say a prayer for Father John, he uh, passed away last night. He's a friend of a friend. He He had been in the hospital for a very long time and... He finally passed away yesterday at around 6 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so if you'd say a prayer for his soul, I would be very grateful. All right. Praise be to God. Great weekend. Uh, camping, hunting. Fascinating. Fishing weekend. every day. Fishing. We didn't fish. No, uh, no fish out there. It would have been cool boy to place. fish. We were fishing for, <gasps> for deer. Fishing. Fishing. And believe, believe you me, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> It was a good time. We're very grateful to have had the opportunity and to bring home uh, some deer meat for our families. Praise be to Jesus. What a yeah, great opportunity. Great. And the stars were amazing. So uh, wonderful things happened over the weekend. I uh, I am so exhausted right now. I haven't caught up. <laughs> have you caught up? Uh, well, I caught up last night. Not me. Uh, I was so tired this morning and some other things happened. I took mm-hmm. I took a different car to work and I <laughs> didn't bring my laptop. So <laughs> good times. Excuse any technical difficulties here. I don't anticipate there to be. But we'll all right, see. let's pray. Let's jump in. So much to talk about today in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. It is Monday, the 16th of January. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos. And here's a couple of headlines for you. This one is from CNA. The headline is, Priest describes pandemonium after six shot after funeral mass at London Catholic Church. Six people, including children, were injured by a drive-by shooting inside of a Catholic church in London. Father Jeremy Trude said he heard gunshots on Saturday shortly after mourners left a North London church to release doves following a memorial service for a young woman and her mother. He says, quote, I was inside the church and suddenly there was an enormous bang and people rushed back into the church screaming and saying shots had been fired, the priest said. This is also from Catholic News Agency. Catholic priests burned to death in Nigeria. A Catholic priest burned to death on Sunday after bandits set fire to his parish rectory in northern Nigeria. The body of Father Isaac Aki was found among the charred parish building of Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Church on January 15th, according to Catholic Diocese of Mina, Nigeria. He died after armed bandits attacked the priest's residence in the village of Kafinkoro at 3 a.m. Another priest at the rectory, Father Collins Ome, escaped the building but sustained gunshot wounds and is being treated in a hospital. The Washington Times reports school lawsuits over social media harm face tough legal road. The U.S. Supreme Court is scheduled to hear arguments next month over the extent to which federal law protects the tech industry from claims when social media algorithms push potentially harmful content. The school districts blame the companies for worsening mental health and behavioral disorders, including anxiety, depression, disordered eating, and cyberbullying, making it more difficult to educate students and forcing schools to take steps such as hiring additional mental health professionals and developing lesson plans about the effects of social media and providing additional training to teachers. 
And the Washington Examiner reports Supreme Court adds religious rights protections to docket of eight new cases. The Supreme Court agreed on Friday to consider eight new cases, including an appeal on whether employers need to offer better accommodations for religious workers. Justices granted the appeal from a Christian Pennsylvania-based postal carrier who claims he was forced out of his job for being unable to work on Sundays. The petition seeks for justices to make it easier for employees to bring religious claims under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which prohibits workplace discrimination of several different forms, including on the basis of religion. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Gonzalvo O.P., born in 1187 at Vizela, the Diocese of Braga, Portugal, in his boyhood, Gonzalo Pieria was was gay was given a wonderful indication of his holiness. While still small, he was consecrated to study for the church and received his training in the household of the Archbishop of Braga. After he was ordained, he was given charge of a wealthy parish. He went to his favorite Madonna shrine and administered this office fairly. There was no complaint with his governance of the parish of St. Pelagius. He was penitential himself, but indulgent with everyone else. Revenues that he might have used for himself were used for the poor and the sick. He gave the parish to his nephew, who he had personally trained so he could make a retreat to the Holy Land, where he would have stayed the rest of his life, but after 14 years, his archbishop commanded him to return. Upon his arrival, he was horrified to see that his nephew had used the money for poor to enrich himself. He was driven away into the wilderness by his nephew. Here he found a cave and other necessities for an aromatical life and lived in peace for several years, spending his time building a little chapel to the Blessed Virgin. He preached to those who came to him, and soon there was a steady stream of pilgrims seeking out his retreat. Our Lady appeared to him one night as he prayed and told him to enter the order that had the custom of beginning the office with Ave Maria Gracia Plena. She told him, that this, that this order was very dear to her and under her special protection. Gonzalo set out to learn what order that this must be and eventually came to the convent of the Dominicans. Here he was given uh, the end to his quest and he asked for the habit. Gonzalo died about 1259 after prophesying the day of his death and promising his friends that he would still be able to help them after death. Pilgrims began soon and indicated that something should be done about his beatification. Forty years after his death, he appeared to several people who were apprehensively watching a flood on the river. The water had risen to a dangerous level just below the bridge when they saw a tree floating toward the bridge, and Gonzalo was balancing it capably on its rolling bulk. The friar carefully guided the tree under the bridge, preserving the bridge from damage, and then disappeared. He died January 10, 1259 of natural causes and was beatified by Pius IV in 1560. Blessed Gonzalo, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. The disciples of John and the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. 
No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away. The new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A Catholic commentary on Holy Scripture says fasting was well known to the Jews as a sign of repentance and mourning. The Mosaic law had prescribed only the Day of Atonement as a general day of fasting, but custom had introduced other days, and the Pharisees boasted that they fasted frequently. The question put to our Lord was intended to place him in an unfavorable light by contrasting the conduct of his followers with the ascetic practices of the Pharisees and of John's disciples. Christ uses a simple illustration to show that fasting by his disciples is inopportune while he is with them. At a wedding celebration, no one expects the companions of the bridegroom to fast because it is a time of joy. Similarly, while Christ is with the disciples, fasting is out of place. But when he is taken away, after his passion and death, then the disciples will fast in token of sorrow. It is in this spirit, in association with the sufferings and death of Christ, that the church orders times of fasting. Close quote. A Catholic commentary on Holy Scripture. The applicant would say, He also calls himself a bridegroom not only as betrothing himself to uh, virgin minds, but because the time of his fasting, or rather, because the time his first coming is not a time of sorrow nor of sadness to believers, neither does it bring with it toil but rest, for it is without any works of the law, giving rest by baptism, by which we easily obtain salvation without toil." The Venerable Bede would say, but in a mystical sense, it may thus be expressed that the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast because every man who boasts of the works of the law without faith, who follows the traditions of men and receives the preaching of Christ with his bodily ear and not by the faith of the heart, keeps aloof from spiritual goods and wastes away with a fasting soul. But he who is incorporated into the members of Christ by a faithful love cannot fast because he feasts upon his body and his blood. Close quote. Venerable Bede, pray for us. I want to share with you two stories of two Africans over the weekend. Both refuse to deny Christ. Would you? That's coming up next. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out CatholicsComeHome.com. Many atheists assert the only real form of knowledge is scientific knowledge, thus excluding any sort of religious knowledge, whether philosophical or theological. Such a belief is called scientism, and it's unreasonable for two reasons. First, it's self-refuting. 
Its truth cannot be verified by the scientific method. It's a metaphysical proposition and as such is not scientific knowledge. But if science can't verify the truth of scientism, well then scientism itself cannot be a legitimate form of knowledge, in which case it's self-refuting. Moreover, scientism undermines science as a rational form of inquiry because it denies presupposed philosophical assumptions that are necessary to even do science, such as there's an external world outside the minds of scientists. So to reject God's existence on the grounds that it's not scientific knowledge is simply unreasonable. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Austin Ruse is going to be back on the program. He has an article over at Crisis Magazine called The Weaponization of Loneliness. A new take, I would say, a new consideration on some of the stories that we cover on the program. For instance, all of the transgender movement and ideology. What's behind that? Uh, Austin Ruse is going to join us, and uh, we're going to talk about that. The weaponization of loneliness. Stick around for that. There were several stories over the weekend that were of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well, but two stood out to me in particular. Two stories of two Africans, one in Africa and one here in America. Both had an opportunity to deny Christ, and neither did. Made me wonder what we would do if you and I were in this similar circumstances. One was a, an extreme example, and one was pretty, pretty mundane, I would argue. The first is the breaking story out of Nigeria. Catholic priest burned to death in Nigeria. Uh, Rudy covered that story a minute ago. But this priest was uh, the pastor of this parish in northern Nigeria. His parish was attacked. Now, the article just says, you know, it uses sort of like a nebulous language. Bandits. Calls them soft, bandits. Soft language, yeah. But let's not be naive. They were Fulani Muslim herders that routinely attack, murder, slaughter, rape, steal, pillage, plunder, the Christians in the north. And this priest died as pastor of this parish, burned to death. The parochial vicar tried to run, was shot, and is, be, is recovering from his wounds. A few years ago, I, was, uh, I had an opportunity to interview a Nigerian priest who had been kidnapped while he was a pastor of a parish in northern Nigeria, and he was held prisoner. They stormed his parish compound, uh, firing their, off their AK-47s and breaking through the property. He hid in his bathroom inside the tub, along with uh, another, another man there who I think was working the parish, and they were hiding. And these terrorists, these Islamic terrorists, shot through the door, and uh, actually wounded them while they were inside the bathtub. Then they burst through the door and then hauled them off. He was uh, taken by a, a, like a motorcycle or whatever into the forest, and then he was marched through the forest, and he found himself along with other uh, kidnapped victims. 
And they tortured him. They said he was placed on top of a rock, a large rock, to kind of keep him up there. For days on end, they tortured them, beat them, starved them. He was forced to watch the rape of a woman and the murder of others. And by the grace of God, the Nigerian army was able to locate them, and his life was spared. But he was forever damaged by that experience. He was here in America at the time, and I was able to interview him about that experience, and it was, it was really incredible, very intense. That priest never really recovered from that. In fact, from my understanding, he left the priesthood eventually. Couldn't go back. His bishop wanted him to go back, and he just couldn't go. He just couldn't bring himself to go. It's a difficult situation. I'm not trying to judge the man, but just the reality of what it means to truly give one's life to say yes to Christ at all cost. It's a high price. Let's not even pretend. And this priest gave his life for the gospel. This priest gave his life, this Nigerian priest over the weekend, just yesterday, Father Achi, Father Isaac Achi, burned to death in his parish. Would you do that? Would you be willing to give your life? Are you a confirmed Catholic? Because that's exactly what your confirmation means that you become a soldier for Christ. Then there was another story over the weekend that uh, caught my attention. This one here in America, another African. He's an immigrant to our country. And uh, the headline over the blaze says, Jesus saves shirt is offending in the Mall of America. This gentleman was wearing a shirt, a yellow, like a neon yellow shirt that says on the front, Jesus saves. On the back, it says, uh, Jesus is the only way, and it's got that coexist. We've all seen those coexist bumper stickers in the parking lots of grocery stores and other places, and they have all of these symbols of various religions, as though all religions are equal. Mm, Let's be honest. All religions are definitely not equal. Most, Most surely, they are not equal. But we want to pretend in this new world of ours, this day in this age of, of equity, of social justice, we want to pretend as though everything is equal and all roads lead to heaven. That is simply not the case. If it was, then why would Jesus feel the need to take upon flesh and dwell among men? If all religions were equal, why would Jesus allow himself to be taken prisoner by his creation— beaten, abused, mocked, hung on a cross by his flesh, dying slowly, the liquids, the, the blood, the platelets uh, all separating and his, his lungs filling with fluid and slowly drowning to death, essentially, upon the cross. Why would he allow himself to be uh, put through those paces if, in fact, all roads led to heaven? Why wouldn't he just leave them the way they were? Why would he die? Why would he rise again? Why would he ascend if all roads were in fact equal? And that is what we're dealing with here. So this gentleman, this African gentleman, was uh, in the Mall of America, which is in Minnesota, which, by the way, I also heard over the weekend, they are trying to make it so that no Christian can be a public school teacher in that state. Let that sink in for a moment, the state of affairs. So he was uh, shopping at the mall and go, trying to go into Macy's, something a lot of people do, I imagine. I don't know. I haven't been to Macy's in forever. 
Uh, and the security guards approached him and said, you must take off that shirt. We've had people complain. And he's like, I haven't said anything to anybody. I'm just walking around, just going to Macy's, just shopping. They confronted him and they gave him an ultimatum. Take off the shirt or leave. The shirt says Jesus saves and he is the only way. John, John's gospel tells us, John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. This is the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was either right or he was wrong. There's no in between. He is who he says he is or he is a complete fraud. There is no in between. He is not a good teacher. He is not a prophet. He's not a, uh, like a virtuous man. He is God incarnate. And because he is God incarnate, therefore, what he says has greater weight and it ought to affect our lives. Well, this gentleman took this so serious that he put a shirt on that says Jesus is the only way, and he walked through the Mall of America in a state that is filled with Muslim and atheist and agnostic people. And they all complained. And he was faced with a choice. What did he choose? He chose not to take off the shirt. He chose to keep the shirt on and argue with the, the security guards. And ultimately, according to this article, he was not forced to take off his shirt. Ultimately, they didn't kick him out of the mall. He was allowed to, to continue to go shopping. Uh, the mall refused to give a lot of details on the subject, but nonetheless... I want you to reflect for a moment on Matthew chapter 10, verses 33 and following. But whoever denies me, this is the Lord and Savior Jesus speaking here. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Are you prepared to, to not deny the Lord when the going gets tough and the tough get going? Are you prepared to go to the extreme as Father Achi did yesterday in Nigeria, who die for the faith as a martyr. I wonder if he will be canonized. Hmm. I don't know. Padre Pio still is yet to be, uh, not Padre Pio, but Miguel Pro is still yet to be canonized, and he died for the faith. Nonetheless, the uh, Matthew 10, verse 33 and following goes on, 34, says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you thought about this? I'm just curious. You know, I, I wear a cross, a crucifix. I try to wear it as much as possible. Every day, I have on my wrist a crucifix. And, um, I have, of course, I have my scapular. Why do I wear these things? Because the risk and the temptation is great to meld into society, to dissolve into the backdrop, to become the gray man, to be on the down low, the QT, to uh, try to go along to get along, to just get by, to be comfortable, 
and not be challenged in any way. I mean, because if we're anonymous, we're never, we're never questioned about our faith. Well, I, I need to have that, that, I need to be pushed a little bit because I'm afraid that I will be tempted to deny Christ if that moment comes. So I wear these things not for your sake. I wear these things not for the sake of the person who may see them. I wear them for my, for my sake because I needed to already have made the decision to stand for Christ at all cost before I get to the moment where that decision must be made. Because in fear and cowardice, I may fail to decide that. I was reminded also reading these stories of these two men who stood for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, even in spite of the criticism and death itself, of uh, Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, a friend of mine. He once told me that he was, because he always wears a crucifix around his neck. He's a deacon, so very common, but nonetheless, he always wears a, a crucifix around his neck. And he was boarding a plane once, and as he was making his way down the aisle, and you all know how that is, it gets very crowded and clunky, and you're trying to just make your way to your seat, and there's already people sitting down, and they're like seven inches from you. It's, you know, that kind of awkward. Well, this woman sees this crucifix, and she stops him, and she says, that offends me. He turns to her and says, then don't look at it, because I'm never taking it off. And then he continues down the aisle to his seat. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you made that decision? Because you were baptized to become a member of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his body. You were confirmed so that you would have the graces you need to die a martyr's death, to become a martyr. The Greek word meaning a witness, a soldier for Christ. That is who you are. And if you've not made that choice, you better think about this very clearly. Because your moment of white martyrdom or red martyrdom may be coming. Be ready and be at peace. Decide right now. Hey, we'll be right back. Austin Roos is up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane, and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Daddy, Christmas, scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a couple more headlines for you. This one's from Ground News. 
headline is just as good as the lottery mammoth bone claims bring yeah mammoth bone claim brings treasure hunters to new york city several groups of treasure hunters have taken to new york city's east river in recent weeks after hearing a guest on a popular podcast claimed that a boxcar worth of potentially valuable prehistoric mammoth bones was dumped in the river in the 1940s. So dig out your scuba gear there and head out to New York City's East River. And this is sort of a continuation of an earlier story in the previous news segment. This is from the Epic Times. And the headline goes, Tech's Attack on Our Dopamine System. They write, A dopamine feedback loop works similarly to the method casino owners use for slot machines. If you've ever played slots, you've experienced the rush of anticipation while the wheel spins. The moments between the lever pull and the outcome give time for the dopaminergic neurons of the midbrain to increase their activity, creating a rewarding charge with each pull of the lever. Now, in the same manner, Social media companies have created a similar action, anticipation, and reward loop. The action is scrolling, or writing, sharing, posting, or commenting. The anticipation is finding a new exciting piece of content or waiting for a like or a comment. And the reward is receiving one of the latter. Now, if you have ever posted on social media or any other app just for the sake of getting likes or comments or have opened up an app to look at the first post and then swipe to see what comes next, and before you know it, 15 minutes had gone by and then you've experienced a dopamine feedback loop. And this is why in the uh, previous news story, schools are taking to, to lawsuits to sue social media companies for media harm. But those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. What, dopa, dopa, blah, 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 blah. What'd dopaminergic. Gazuntite. Dopaminergic. Uh, God bless you. Oh. Neurons. Is it like allergy Mid-brain. sneeze going on over there? Dopaminergic? <laughs> That's not a word. Dopaminergic neurons of the midbrain. You made that up. Uh, it's science. <laughs> science, buddy. Trust the science, okay? Dopaminergic? Dopaminergic. Oh, my. Heavens. They're in there. They're in your head. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're in, in there. there. <laughs> Joe. Listen, there's. I've been told there's nothing in there. Okay. In my head. So maybe there's dopaminergic. Can anyone confirm? Please call. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we are addicted, aren't we? Yeah. It's, yeah. These these social media companies, whoo, bandits. They got us. Dead to rights. They, they, yeah. they know the weak spot. For sure. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now by phone is Austin Roos. Good morning to you, Austin. Hey, how are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? <laughs> well, not too bad. Glad to be with you guys. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, by the way. Same to you. So uh, you have an article that I found very interesting over Crisis Magazine, The Weaponization of Loneliness. A topic we talk often about on the program is uh, the, the transgendered ideology that seems to be twisting the world into complete knots. And the, I would say the diabolic uh, response to pro-life protests, to the protests at Drag Queen Story Hours, and so much more. But you had an interesting take on this. Tell me about it. Well, it's, it's more along the lines of, uh, of gaslighting. Um, you know, the, the, uh, one of the, one of, one of the um, great human drives is for company, for family, for friends. Um, and one of the great fears is isolation. 
Uh, I mean, this is why, you know, um, going to prison and, and, uh, and being isolated in prison is such a frightening prospect. You know, um, you know, guys who are, uh, you know, in, in isolation cells for, you know, 23 hours a day, terrifying prospect. Well, in our everyday lives that we do have that prospect of being isolated and shunned from friends for the, you know, for the particular positions that we may hold that align with the teachings of the church or, or, or whatever. And so the, 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 the left, the sexual left, understands this. And so they want to impose this idea on people that if you get too far off, off you know, um, the, the, the political uh, uh, correct, uh, too, too far off the political correct range, um, you may be isolated. You may be isolated from friends and family. You may be isolated from, you know, uh, people in everyday life. And, and this is, um, especially among the young, well, I guess everybody, um, is a terrifying prospect. So the weaponization of loneliness is, is making people understand that if they take a wrong position, they could be isolated in their social milieu, lose friends, lose family, so on and so forth. And this is especially acute these days in, in the issues of sexual morality, in all the, the whole panoply of LGBT issues, most especially, but not limited to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mr. Ruse, you know, I'm thinking as you're talking about this, it really is diabolic. You know, the, the, the enemy really seeks to scatter as opposed to our Lord who who gathers and really in scattering us, he's he's trying to uh, to corral us there. Well, yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. You know who, in, in, in the column, I'm, I'm re- really writing about the work of a remarkable woman named Stella Morbito. Stella Morbito was a longtime analyst and CIA expert in Soviet propaganda. And so she looked back at what the Soviets did in this particular era, uh, area, what, what the Nazis did in, in this particular area. You know, um, in, in the Soviet era and the Nazi era, you had moms and dads afraid to say anything um, in front of their children because of the fear that their children might tell on them. And there was a great hero of the Soviet Union, uh, a boy who told on his father, and his father was sent to the gulag because his father had the wrong views with regard to the Soviet Union. Um, we, we live in an era, many years ago I did a series of stories about employees at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, the fourth largest financial institution in the world at that time, and maybe it's even bigger now, I don't know. Um, and they had, all employees at J.P. Morgan Chase, massive company, had received a, um, an employee survey asking you know, a lot of the name questions. But also this question, are you LGBT? or an ally. Those were the two choices. So they were worried about exactly how to answer that particular question. Now, if, if, if they were, you know, quick off the mark or whatever, they can say, well, you know, I, I, I don't believe that LGBT people ought to experience unjust discrimination and therefore I'm an ally and you can do this in good, in, in good faith. But the people that I was talking to were quite worried about not being able to answer that in a positive, in any kind of positive way and what would happen to them. So right then and there, they were isolated in their Christian Catholic beliefs, um, not being able to say what they wanted to say, not being able even to express the things that they believe in. So this is the weaponization of loneliness. It is the turning people away from their fundamental beliefs 
over a fear that they will be shunned and isolated. I think it also speaks to your, your article in, in general, the need for parents to pay attention to the peer groups of their kids, because peer groups have a massive amount of influence on their kids and their decisions, especially when they aren't mature enough to, to really stand on their own, and they need their parents to be their guides. Um, kids yeah. that run in bad yeah. circles tend to make bad decisions. Well, without a doubt, that's true. Um, I mean, you know, we, we live here in Northern Virginia, and we live in something of a Catholic bubble. You know, it's not an impenetrable bubble, uh, but our girls go to um, a really good, solid, Orthodox Catholic middle school, high school. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean that even within that milieu, uh, there can there can be influences coming from the outside, which 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 are not that not that good. But the, the good thing about the milieu that we're in is that the dominant view is the teachings of the church. But, but absolutely, if you're not in a situation like that, um, there's, there's every likelihood that there's going to be pressure, peer group pressure mm-hmm. on these particular issues, and therefore the fear of being isolated. But it's not, you know, it's not, um, it, it's not simply about the young, because this kind of pressure can be placed on anybody at any age at any time. In my life, I'm 66. I've lost I've lost uh, childhood friends over these issues who will not speak to me anymore, um, and I think that almost anybody who speaks up on these issues has had that experience. One of the things that I found very fascinating in going through your article was just this this tie between standing up for what is right, good, and true, and recognizing in the person opposite you know that conversation, opposite that debate. So, like like looking past the the ugliness of their behavior, looking past the bizarreness of their behavior or the words they say, and finding something of humanity to be able to recognize it. I think that seems like that could be an opportunity for us to maybe reach those people in a way we haven't done before. Well, you know, I, I, I'm engaged in these debates, you know, in the public square um, uh, and have been for years. One of the experiences that I have had over the years <clears throat> was um, I, I was uh, on, on the, in the comment boxes of a particular uh, gay blog that doesn't exist anymore. They used to regularly come after me and my wife and the people who do this kind of work. And w- one day I dove into the comment boxes. Um, it was kind of fun. Um, and <clears throat> was having a a very vigorous debate with with this guy about something I don't remember what. But anyway, at one point, he broke the fourth wall. And in um, in 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 um, in television and plays, the fourth wall is what separates the audience from the players. And sometimes a player can turn and speak directly to the audience. That's breaking the fourth wall. So in this particular instance, he he broke the fourth wall. He no longer viewed me as an enemy, and he, and he began a conversation about music. Hold that thought right there. We're going to come right back to this. Austin Roos is our guest. He's got a great article over the crisis, crisismagazine.com, the weaponization of loneliness. Fascinating. We're going to pick up right there, breaking the fourth wall. That and much more coming up with Austin Roos. It's coming up next.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institutions, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest at the top of the next hour. If you can join us, we'd love to have you. Uh, we're going to catch up on a, a story from Father Frank Pavone over the weekend. The Diocese in Amarillo said, well, we did tell him ahead of time. So what's the story there? We're going to talk about that with uh, Tito Edwards. Do join us if you are able to. Austin Roos is our guest. He has an article called The Weaponization of Loneliness at CrisisMagazine.com. And just before the break, Austin, you were talking about this uh, this interesting time where you were, you were trolling people in the con box. And, uh, but, <laughs> but it turns out you had an, a, a sort of a breakthrough here. Tell us about it. I prefer to say that I was commenting mm-hmm. in the comments. Sure. Rolling in the com- Let's so go anyway, with that so one. <laughs> so this guy says to me, he, he asked me what my favorite music is. And and I told him I like prefer jazz and he, he talked about on and on and on and on about about music. And and it occurred to me in this exchange that um that that uh we had found not common ground but common interests. And I tried this out a few times in, on Twitter and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. you're, going, you're going back and forth with somebody. And I'll ask them, I remember vividly this, this young man who was quite incensed about the LGBT issue. And I finally said, what, what are you watching on TV these days? And he's, he tells me. And then I tell him what I'm watching. And, and we have conversations about television. And I made some recommendations. Weeks later, he comes back to me and thanks me for the recommendations that I had. And it was like, you know, for this particular topic of common interest, we were human beings and not just, you know, nameless, faceless enemies on social media. Mm. So fi- finding common ground is harder because, you know, you'll say, well, we both believe in truth. Well, not necessarily. We both believe in this. Well, not necessarily. We look at it different ways. But, man, have you seen the latest episode of Yellowstone? It was amazing. And all of a sudden, you're talking to each other as friends. Um, so, you know, that, that's one way to break through, um, yeah. these hot debates with, with even strangers on social media. I found it to be highly effective. 
Uh, do you think that social media has made people more crass, more um, uh, less sensitive to common decency? You know, <clears throat> it seems like we can now treat each other in ways uh, where maybe just a generation ago we would have never even even people you disagree with you would have never just been so blunt so so cold so crass uh, to them so vulgar so vulgar yeah do you think that social media has contributed to that you know w- without a doubt uh, it has it has contributed to the to the the weaponiz- weaponization of political differences. I mean, I, I think that, that there have always been political arguments across the dinner table and things like that, but, but it, it, it is certainly worsened and coarsened. Um, you know, and with regard to, you know, vulgarization, uh, several months ago, this, this new sort of reimagined uh, documentary uh, about the Beatles came out, um, Let It Be. And we watched, gosh, every single minute of eight hours of it. And you know what we discovered? Mm. Nobody on in those. And these were unguarded moments in the studio when they were making the Let It Be album. Nobody dropped an F bomb. Nobody dropped an S bomb. It was. It's the it, when it dawned on me what was going on. It was not a part of their patois. It was not a part of what they talked about. Um, and I'm thinking, how is this possible? The Beatles in the studio and nobody's dropping any cuss words for eight hours um, and it's not like they bleeped them out or anything why would they especially these days so there's a lot has changed even since the 60s you know we, we have this view of the 60s that it was you know this this crass vulgar time mm. I, I listened to this uh, XM satellite radio station called 60s gold and the 60s was full of really happy music um, something has happened since then that has coarsened everything and it's not just social media but to your point, social media has really coarsened our discourse with, without a doubt. People say things. You know, it, one of the things that we're struggling with at Crisis Magazine is what to do with the comment boxes. They were taken away by, by the editor now, you know, several months ago. And I've been pitching them. We've got to bring them back because it's a really great way to get feedback and talk to the readers. Um, but it's really hard because in the comment boxes can be bloody ground. Mm. Um, I, I subscribe to the Times of London, and they have a high, highly moderated uh, comment boxes. You can't even use the word stupid uh, without getting flagged uh, in the comment boxes at the Times of London. So there's a way to do it. But, yeah, it, it, it's like you can't have a simple conversation about politics or religion these days without the F-bombs flying and accusations being made and, mm. and all that kind of stuff. It's sad. I think um, listening to you just talk a minute ago about the Beatles and, and the comment box, I mean, it seems like the, our society has gotten so bad. I, I In the last segment, I talked about this gentleman in Minnesota who wore a T-shirt and they were threatening to kick him out if he didn't take his T-shirt off. Um, in Minnesota, they're trying to prevent Christian school teachers there in public schools. They don't want Christians teaching there. In Ontario, yeah. they don't want to print Christian books there. I mean, it just yeah. seems like society is just getting so bad these days. And then there, yeah. you know, when whenever we talk about more serious topics, one of the negative feedbacks we might get in a comment box is, "You guys just te- just share the simple gospel and stop fussing <laughs> with all these scandalous issues." <laughs> And I'm like, the simple gospel has been preached for 60 years, and it's not helped society. Society seems to get worse, not better. If we don't do something drastic now, it's over, it seems, to many people. Austin, what say you? 
Well, you know, I wrote a book, uh, published a book. It was uh, now it's been uh, a, a little over a year and a half since um, it came out. It was called "Under Siege: No Finer Time to Be a Faithful Catholic," and it made the argument that we're living through among the darkest of times, but also one of the most remarkable epochs that the Church has ever known for a whole host of reasons. Not the least of which is that there are cultural snipers all around us. Uh, and this is a remarkable time to be a faithful Catholic. So I look at all this kind of stuff, and 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 I say, golly, <laughs> as my my daughter has a T-shirt, you know, a St. Joan T-shirt, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that uh, I was made for this. And in yes, indeed, we were made for this. This is a remarkable opportunity. So you know, yeah, absolutely. I think we all have to engage in 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 the in the public square, in the public debate. And we all have to proclaim the gospel. There's, you know, it's it's not both and. It's it's not either or. It's both and. Um, so you know, talking about public policy is a very important thing. Talking about Jesus and and the teachings of the church also important. Uh, and quite frankly, I, I think that people in the public square ought to be more forthright. In well, you know, the church teaches this, that, and the other. Yeah. We, in in the sort of most modern of ages, have determined that we cannot cite scripture. Because you know non-believers will turn away from that, and they won't be won't be convinced. In my work at the United Nations, the Muslims do not have a problem quoting the Quran, right? And it's highly effective. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I, I you know, so w- w- we prided ourselves at my organization, CFAM, in the UN debates that that we only talked about you know human rights and international law and things like that. But I think more and more, we're, you know, we're, we're citing scripture and citing, you know, encyclicals and the teachings of the church. And I, I honestly think that that is a good thing. Hmm. So, yeah, I, just back to a previous point, I, I, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. The gentleman who was wearing the Jesus Saves t-shirt at the Mall of America, Minnesota over the weekend and got in trouble and they threatened to kick him out. They said it was a religious uh, a garment there, and he was soliciting. And, uh, and I would have asked, well, all of these ladies wearing the hijabs, is that a religious garment? Can they be asked to remove yeah. those? You know, n- not, yeah. not going to yeah. happen at the Mall of America, trust me. Let's talk about your work at CFAM for a minute or two. Uh, if, yep. uh, there's a lot of talk about the globalist push uh, on, you know, to unify everybody under one common uh, thought, philosophy, social system, and everything else. Uh, and it's one of the big complaints I've had, especially in 2022, watching Republicans hand up the re- the redefinition of marriage on a silver platter to to liberals. Uh, who's defending marriage? Is there a defense for marriage besides CFAM, of course, uh, at the world stage? It seems like marriage is being under complete assault and is at the risk of being lost forever. Well, I'll tell you, um, at the United Nations in UN documents, and that's what we work on. We, we work on documents and uh, pretty much documents alone. That is to say, the UN speaks to the world uh, through the money that it spends, which we don't have any control over, but also through the documents that it produces, by, uh, binding treaties and non-binding resolutions. <clears throat> Sexual orientation and gender identity has never really gotten any traction in UN documents. Praise God. Why? Because we've been able to put together a coalition large enough to say no, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, it's like we're up against the European Union without a doubt, the UN agencies, you know, we're all the powers and principalities of the world with hundreds of billions of dollars to spend, but we're always able to find enough African, Middle Eastern countries, sometimes Central Central American countries, to stand up and and, and say no, so that, for instance, in international law. 
uh, there's actually, and this is in a hard law treaty, quite a good definition of gender. Uh, men and women, the two sexes in the context of society, is the definition of gender in, in the document that created the International Criminal Court. Now, the sexual left doesn't like that. They're coming back after 20 years. They're going to try and change it, but I think we'll stop them. So, and, and, and even same thing with the life issue, uh, you know, th there's no international right to abortion. So, so in the General Assembly, we've done pretty well. Um, I mean, it, they don't stop. We're having the same debate this week that, that you know, we had 20 years ago. Um, but for the most part, at the United Nations, in the documents themselves, we've done quite well. Now, with regard to the UN bureaucracy, where we don't have any control, I mean, they're just looney tunes. I mean, they say there's an international right to same-sex marriage and, and uh, gender identity and all that kind of stuff. But those are not normative. Those always come with, you know, the, 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 the threat of money. Mm -hmm. um, um, but with regard to when the General Assembly, when the nations of the world sit down and negotiate these issues uh, in the General Assembly, we have done quite well. And same-sex marriage has not gotten any traction in the General Assembly. So people ought to uh, take heart that, that at least in this part of the international stage, things are going pretty well. How much longer do you think you have before that crumbles? I think a good long while. Um, you know, we, we had a debate in the General Assembly that ended in December, and some of these issues came up. And, and um, we, we were, one of the things that, that the bad guys at the General Assembly want to say is that all these things are decided by consensus. That is to say, everybody agrees. And so some of these issues came up. So intersectionality came up in a, in, a, in a resolution. And we had 60 countries vote against this resolution, which is which is rare that there's actually a vote in the General Assembly. Generally, they are agreed upon by consensus. Sixty countries stood up and said, vocally, no. Wow. Austin Ruiz, we are very grateful for your time today. Thank you for being on with us, catching us up. Check out his article over crisismagazine.com, The Weaponization of Loneliness. Austin Ruiz, God bless you. God love you, and have a great day, sir. Thanks, guys. All right, coming up at the top of the next hour, for anybody that's able to join us, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest. Did Father Frank Pavone know ahead of time? We'll talk about it. That and much more is coming. GRNOnline.com forward slash CDT. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. The rule of St. Benedict has guided monastic communities for nearly 1,500 years. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Benedictine monks still use the book every day to order our daily lives. So what's the secret to the rule's vitality? Moderation and flexibility. 
St. Benedict calls it a little rule for beginners. Since we're really all beginners, the rule is as relevant for you as it is for monastic communities. It helps us believe, I can be holy too. The rule is also flexible. St. Benedict makes it clear that everything takes a back seat to the guiding principle of saving souls. In St. Benedict's rule, the goal is holiness. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. Remember, holiness is the end point, not the place where most of us start. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash C. Hi, I'm Jenny Granero from the St. Cecilia Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, by the way, woo, San Antonio is trending on Twitter right now. And oh, yeah. uh, I know why. Oh, I know What's why. What's the second hashtag? It's uh, uh, Judson High School. Judson Rockets. Oh, uh, so you got to be more specific. It says something mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. 10th grade history oh, student of the year. <laughs> yes. Yes or yes. Now, usurped. some would say, usurped. <laughs> uh, some would say that it has something to do with the NBA championships. But <laughs> are they in what, San Antonio? What would they know? Hmm. Okay. Uh, surely the trending is all about the 10th grade history student of the year from 19 uh, whatever it was i don't remember like uh, 27 it was, it was like it was like 90 1990 90 89 89 or 90 was wow. one of those two years but 90 uh, was a good year i just all you got to do is uh go find the plaque and the statue uh that marks you? The, marks the occasion they have a bust of you there <laughs> right just yeah <laughs> it's, just go look just just go look it's there it's got to be there uh, it's anyway. got to be. <laughs> well, Joe, I pleaded with you as we were passing San Antonio. Uh-huh. I said, can we stop at Judson High mm-hmm. School? I, I just want to see this place, mm-hmm. this 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 I'm to think amazing <laughs> temple. <laughs> and you said, nah, nah, it's all right. We don't no, have time. We, we don't have time. We, we got to go. We were on a mission. Mm-hmm. We were on a mission to bring back venison. Uh, I'm starting to question whether there's a bust there with uh, your name. Well, I guess you'll have to just make a second trip out there to see it for yourself. It's there. Just keep looking. Don't worry about it. Don't question the the the, the plan. Just go with it. Whatever San Antonio listeners, go uh, go there and take but a picture. on the off chance, okay, the remote chance that the hashtag San Antonio is actually about the San Antonio Spurs, hey, go Spurs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> go Spurs. Go Spurs. Nonetheless. By the way, if you haven't done so already, you should pick up your car raffle tickets for the 2023, uh, it's not a Mustang, it's a Mercedes. It's a CLA 250 in polar white. A beautiful Mercedes sedan could be yours. You could win. It's totally possible. All you got to do is get your car raffle tickets, 25 each, or you can get five for $100. That means that there's an extra just for for uh, playing the game. We're going to throw in an extra one with a five for a $100 deal. You can find your tickets online, grnonline.com forward slash raffle. But a better way may be to call, physically actually call, 
your your station manager and say, hey, how do I get my tickets? And he's probably just going to send you to the website. But nonetheless, you should talk to them because you should also say, I would love, love, love to help you sell more car ruffle tickets to support the local GRN radio station. How can I do that? And I guarantee that that GM is going to hook you up with a whole stack of incredible tickets and posters and all kinds of things that will help you sell them at your parish, your Bible study. How about your Axe Group, Knights Columbus, friends, family? I mean, whatever you can do to support the Guadalupe Radio Network while you might also win a car, it's a win-win-win for everybody. So praise be to God. Again, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle for all the details, the rules. You can purchase your tickets right there, 25 a piece or 5 for $100. It's a really good deal. But you know what? Your GMs are out and about. They're also hitting events. They're going to Catholic bookshops around town. They're just going to a lot of places. You might find them there. So come down, hang out, get to know them, meet them, buy your raffle tickets there. A wonderful way to support the GRN. So praise be to God, too, for you and your support. And good luck. I mean, I hope you win a Mercedes. And if you do, you're obligated to come take us to Taco Cabana in it. And your chances are much better than the Powerball, let's be honest. Did anybody win the Mega Millions? Yeah, I did. You did? Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't get the memo. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, I was wondering why there was a brand new Ford F-150 Raptor in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. Midnight (laughs) Blue. As yours. Yeah. I knew someday you'd I, give up on your Ram and I, buy a real truck. I went and uh, bought <laughs> the most expensive uh, truck I could uh, possibly get. You were like, uh, how much is and this then, one? Uh, yeah, it's not And not then I enough. bought seven of them. <laughs> you bought seven. That's what you do with your money. You yeah. buy seven trucks. Seven trucks. And I've also bought a garage. <laughs> to house your yeah, seven trucks. Seven car garage. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was the only two things I bought. So uh, The rest of the money is going to charity. So you <laughs> bought one in every color. Of course. Of liturgical course. colors? Liturgical oh, colors? Or? Yeah, cool. so I can. We're I'm gonna in ride. green right now. We are in green right now. Yeah. So I would uh, mm-hmm. buy. I have a truck for all the seasons. So you know. So you have a pink I truck. Would, I do. So awkward. I can drive it twice wow. a year. Very awkward. There's only two days a year when we wear. It's actually rose colored truck. I see. Because Christ Sam? rose from the dead. Rose, rose from the dead. All right. Speaking. Never of heard of that us, joke before. Speaking of pink, uh, our good friend Tito Edwards is on with us today. <laughs> good morning to you, Tito. Bigpulpit.com. Good morning, Joe. Good you're morning, Adrian. Good morning, Rudy. You're actually Rudy wearing there? green today, though, for ordinary time, I suppose, uh, or time yes. after epiphany, as some trads <laughs> would say. Uh, good morning to you, Tito. How was your weekend? It was outstanding. How about you guys? <sighs> brought it was back, great. Brought back venison. In the can't, complain. can't complain. <laughs> we had a great weekend, uh, by the grace of God. Uh, really enjoyed our time in Hondo, Texas. God's country. There's a sign that actually says it. So. I have video. I have proof of that sign. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. I, I, I think I know why San Antonio is trending now. Why? Well, it's uh, mm-hmm. a stadium full of 66,000 mm-hmm. plus people mm-hmm. uh, showed up to commemorate some students' uh, awards from last century. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all so true. waving so true. their flashlights. I mean, I didn't yeah. even get, I must have missed the invite where they were like, we should, you should come and be a part Speaking of this. Speaking of missing we're invites. Trying to, uh, <laughs> We're trying to uh, honor you, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, speaking of missing invites, uh, the CNA article came out over the weekend that it, uh, the diocese in Amarillo is saying, hold on, Father Frank, we did send you notifications. What's the story, Tito Edwards? <clears throat> they claim that uh, Frank Pavone, uh, 
uh, claimed that he never received any notification uh, when it, when it, the news broke that day. Now he's stating that he he probably had had received it. He just don't know where it is. Um, and, and that's not something uh, to paint on Father on uh, Frank Pavone. Sorry, that's old habit. Hey, you'll you'll and, be all right. It's fine. And, it's not going to be a yes, problem. Yes, and and so what may Death have happened him. was they 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 it's uh, they sent it to an old address that he that is no longer active, whether it's an email or a physical address. Mm-hmm. And so the diocese can technically say they did notify uh, Frank Pavone. That's basically the story in a nutshell. Yeah, I read the article and I did find it very fascinating. In fact, uh, he he did say that as a part of the interaction between him and the Diocese of Amarillo over the course of years, he had asked them to he had asked them to stop communicating with him because he felt it was abusive, and apparently he seemed to intimate that that he had informed the Vatican of that, and that they were expected to not in uh, notify him. But nonetheless, I would imagine, as the diocese said they did, that there has to have been. That's what I found fascinating about that subject. When we interviewed Father Frank Pavone personally. Um, and asked him about that. I felt that was just rather strange. How could you laicize someone and then not officially tell them before? It just seemed rather, rather strange. And yet, I bet their legal requirement was something as little as just, well, you sent a letter to the address on file, and that that fulfills the obligation. Yes, yes, it's... There's a... And I'm trying to be charitable about uh, both sides, uh, Technically, they did send it, and and so under the under law, uh, canon and civil, that they did, uh, they probably even have it uh, certified that it went somewhere, and uh, but but nonetheless, um, yeah, uh, it, it <clears throat> he now, did under- not re- receive it, and uh, but they did send it, and so it's just a. a a battle of whose word we're going to believe. Yeah, uh, I think in this case we can believe both sides. But uh, but personally, in my opinion, they they know where the actual address where they can actually locate Frank Pavone, and they could have sent it that way. That, I'm sure, that, especially for something as grave as yeah. laicization, that was uh, that was unnecessary. That didn't have to be done that way. That, right. that, that's unprofessional and and uh, and. Um, I I can't think of anything else nice to say. Yeah, one thing that I think would be very easy that they could have done was Father or Father Frank said told us that he has canon lawyers that have been in conversation with uh, the proper authorities for a very long period of time, and they easily could have sent it through his canon lawyers. Um, that would have been probably the thing that made the most sense. At least that's what we kind of do in, in U.S. law, where we make sure when these kind of situations, your representative, your lawyer would go up and they would. And if you were like turning yourself into the police, for instance, you'd have your lawyer go first and mm-hmm. then you'd follow. Uh, things would be brought to the lawyer and then the lawyer would bring it to you. Uh, these kind of things are, are very standard. So while I see what you're saying, I still am, I, I still am a little... Um, suspicious of motives here it seems as though they did it at the bare minimum to fulfill the law without trying to actually contact him directly what do you think about that tito your suspicions uh can be validated by how the current pontificate has addressed such issues as this 
Cardinal Mueller was not told directly, properly, uh, charitably. Uh, it, it was he was given a vague, uh, vague meeting, and then uh, the person left the room, and that was it. He found out about uh, the the news the next day through the media. So uh, it, it, it looks like a pattern of behavior where there are situations where they no longer want to uh, communicate with someone that uh, would look on the surface contrary to the mission of the pontificate, that they would uh, deal with such matters as, as much as possible uh, uh, by not having any direct contact. Yeah. Any uncomfortable meetings. So that's just based on on uh, on on how they've dealt with situations like this in the past. So and Cardinal Mueller didn't do anything wrong. It's just they just wanted a different person in his position. So um, it's 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 a pattern of behavior and it's not very uh, it's not professional whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, we said this during our conversation with Father Frank and and uh, Father Gerald Murray as well on the subject. There's two sides to every story, and, uh, you know, I don't believe Father Frank is a saint by any stretch of the imagination. He's a human. He's he's made some mistakes. He's, you know, he's had some difficult moments, to be sure, but that doesn't equate to the laicization treatment that he has received, uh, especially when you contrast that to Father Rupnik, who is uh, guilty of molesting people, harassing people, and worse, not to mention just making bad artwork, and uh, <laughs> he gets the pass, right? He gets he gets a total pass. He should he, be for just for the artwork. He got excommunicated, got it lifted within you know within hours of of receiving it, and Father Frank Pavone gets uh, to be laicized. It just seems very very uh, oblonged and lopsided and all the rest. Hey, let's switch subjects real quick. I saw another story that I found really not great, and this was a uh, story about the a church in Buffalo being sold to Muslims? Yes, the uh, hist- uh, landmark church of 120 plus years, St. Anne's in Buffalo, it, it, uh, the congregation dwindled down and it was not financially sustainable, especially because of the repairs that were needed to be done. The arch, the, di- the diocese of Buffalo uh, went and uh, wanted to sell it to a third party and uh, the Friends of St. Anne's appealed it, and it was uh, suspended. And when um, the uh, not the the, the Cardinal uh, Cardinal Burke was on the uh, the tribunal that I think mm-hmm. is correct term tribunal that suspended it, and then they appointed somebody else. Um, when the Benedict's pontificate ended and the new one began, and it went through s- smooth sailing. But they they went along and uh, sold it to this group of Muslims. Now, uh, according to canon law, it cannot be. They must go through every possible avenue to keep it Catholic, and it's it, it, the details are, are 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 being thrown all all the way around. But to sum it up, there was enough. There was enough uh, interest. There was a third party that was interested to separately from the diocese and to keep it as a shrine and it was rejected by the diocese several (laughs) times and they went ahead and and sold it and this is a pattern 
of, of again a pattern behavior that they continue to sell these these beautiful churches to wow. non-catholic groups protestant <sighs> buddhist and muslim so why didn't they just I, tear I, it down and sell the land if they had to why would they sell a church building to muslims that is absolutely outrageous Oh, my heavens. Tito Edwards, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Bigpulpit.com is the website. The big Monday edition is there. Lots of stories. It's uh, basically an aggregator of the best stories in the Catholic blogosphere. Highly recommend it as a resource. I use it. You should, too. Bigpulpit.com. Tito Edwards, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Let's have some fun. Going to play a game going to have some uh, opportunities to learn give out prizes you got to call 877-757-9424 we'll be right back Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God? Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James 5.16, God, through sacred scripture, commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus tells us that He was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now Jesus sends out his disciples as the Father has sent him. So what authority must Jesus be sending his disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you're not allowed to tell anybody, but you are allowed to call and play the game. Have a good time in the process. That uh, phone number is wide open to you at 877-757-9424. Want to have fun? Call now, 877-757-9424. 
Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call at 877-757-9424. One more time, 877-757-9424. There are a few things we like to do on the down low, the QT. We just don't want anybody to know what we're doing. Uh, number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. Then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good time, a chuckle, and our callers are amazing, especially since they laugh at our jokes, and we, we appreciate that most, I'd say. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everyone involved because we are totally manipulating your emo. I mean, we are incentivizing you to participate uh, by learning, by laughing, and by winning. And somebody will do all three of those things this week. The kicker, though, the secret sauce, the real, the real tricky part is we don't ask the caller the questions. So they don't need to know any of the correct answers. They could win because instead we're asking Rudy and we're asking Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then, then they go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Blessed Catholic. Blessed Catholic collects and restores antique medals, rosaries, and other items, giving them new life for your devotions. Please make sure to check out their Etsy page as well as connect with them on Facebook if you're Ooh. on Facebook. The winner this week is going to receive a handmade St. Francis pocket rosary. I believe it's a one-decade rosary, which features a sterling silver crucifix and white glass beads. Now make sure, whoever the winner is this week, make sure to offer a couple rosaries for Blessed Catholic. The owner there is Amber. Thank you so much, Amber. Make sure to check out the Facebook page there. It is facebook.com forward slash Blessed Catholic. Mm -hmm. You can also check out her Etsy page at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Blessed Catholic. That's amazing. Praise be to God. Thank you, Blessed Catholic. We really appreciate that. St. Francis, I thought you might like that one, huh? I I do. By the way, uh, Pop Quiz, guess what was the bargaining chip of choice with Hernan Cortez with the Indians and the Aztecs in in Mexico, 1519? Antique metals. Horses. Negative. Silver? Nope. Pigs. Nope. Uh, Statues of St. Francis holding a bird. Oh, that would be amazing. But no. No. Uh, Glass beads. Glass beads? Yes. Glass beads. Fascinating. They loved the glass beads, and so... Was that the first question for the game show? He traded... No, but that's just a a little... Should have been. A gratis from the 10th grade (laughs) history student of the year uh, from me to you. Great. 68,000 people went to the Alamo Dome to celebrate that, you know, but uh, nonetheless, you get it for free. Let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Leticia. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for being on with us. Where are you calling from? Well, I recently moved to Pearland, Ooh. and um, I go to Sacred Heart Manville. Wow. Nice. Praise be to God. Uh, nice. Pearland. That's uh, a dear the, friend of mine who used to be the youth minister there, in, James Carrasco. In, uh, in Manville? In Manville. Oh, Sacred nice. Heart of Manville. Wow. Praise be to God. Where are you from originally, Leticia? Monterrey. Monterrey. Nice. Very I nice. like the way you say it, too. Sounds so good. Like, <laughs> Monterrey. I love that. Praise be to God. Monterey, Mexico, not Monterey, California. Oh, I was about to say. I love Monterey. They have a great aquarium there. <laughs> not the same one. Leticia, <laughs> did you get anything good for Christmas? What was like your favorite present under the tree this year? 
Just being with family. Oh, that's sweet. What a gift. That's sweet. Praise be to God. All right. Do you understand how this game works? Are you ready to play, Lutezia? I am ready to play. Yes, sir. Let's do it. We will start with Rudy Carlos, who's from California. Almost yeah, as dad. good. <laughs> Almost as good. Monterey, California. That's not all the way from California. He's from Monterey. 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 I've been there. <laughs> Why do you talk like a Valley So girl? cool, man. <laughs> all right, Rudy, are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what is the term for the sin against charity that is the unjust dishonoring of a person by refusing to show due signs of honor or by ignoring him or her. Mm, ignoring them. Refusing to show honor to them. Mm-hmm. That is known as contumely. 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 Okay. Let me use it in a sentence. Mm-hmm. He contumely ignored his boss <laughs> and his request to get his work done. I see. And he was promptly fired. I see. Okay, well, let's... Let's try somebody who is known as an expert in ignoring people. Uh, Adrian, (laughs) could you tell me, what is the term for the sin against charity that is the unjust dishonoring of a person by refusing to show due signs of honor or by ignoring him or her? Hello? Uh, oh, Adrian. sorry, sorry. So I, was, I was ignoring you. I uh, see. Sorry, I, see. I, I was an expert in that. Business I as usual. Got my PhD in ignoring Joe McClain. <laughs> uh, no, the answer actually is lying. Really? People are not aware, but lying actually has multiple definitions Does to it? it, and this is one of them. It's uh, it's your version of lying versus my version of lying? Well, no, they're just, you know, there's multiple definitions. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. All right, Leticia, you have options. The term of for the sin against charity, that is, the unjust dishonoring of a person by refusing to show due signs of honor or by ignoring him or her, Adrian says that's just plain lying. Rudy says it's contumely. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Leticia, what say you? This is a hard one. I think I'm going to go with Adrian. No, go the other way. Say Rudy. Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm confused. I know. She said Rudy. What are you talking about? Totally said Rudy. <laughs> all right. Leticia, all right. you are brilliant. Contumely is Thank the correct you. answer. And lying, well, sort of. I guess I could see it spun that way anyway. But no, no, no. Contumely is the correct answer. You're in. You could win. Let's see if we can't. Double your chances with easily the easiest question we have asked all morning. I'm, I'm telling you, this is just a giveaway here, but we're going to try it anyway with Adrian. Adrian, could you tell me what is a feria tertia? A feria tertia. Well, if you speak Latin, this will be very easy for you. <laughs> this is, uh, or if you know Spanish, it be, might, might be easy as well. I see. It is actually mm-hmm. Tuesday. 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 I have to say it that Feria Tertia. Tuesday. I have, okay. So Tuesday. Feria Tertia is Tuesday. Correct. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, Rudy, maybe you could help here. What day of the week is Feria Tertia? Did you say Tuesday? Tuesday. Or as you say across the pond, Tuesday, innit? Tuesday. How's it go? Tuesday, innit? I see. How well, in California? Actually, it's Wednesday because Tertia is the third day of the week. You get it? Like Tertia Day. Get it? 
third day. I see. Third day, like, is in the band? The third day? Um, yeah. Hmm. Depraved music for in the after show. Right. We're going to talk about it. Hmm. All right. So, uh, all right, uh, Lutetia, you got options. Feria Tertia. Rudy says is Wednesday. Adrian says it's Tuesday. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Lutetia, what say you? I believe it's Tuesday. Wow. I, that so wise. Correct. That was amazing. I would have not gotten that answer correct. Yeah, it, it, I mean, have the, no third, the third weekday, which is you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday's number one. What does Feria mean? Feria is weekday. I would have thought, I would have thought that that would have had something to do with being wild. Nope. Fer, feral? Like feral? Like there's a root word that's the same there. I thought it was just like celebration or something. Feria? Feral? Like feral hogs? You ever been to the feria? I don't know. I don't Wild. know. Wild. Etymology gone. of feral. Yeah. Now, yeah. okay. I can't get lost. We're running out of time. We got to get you in there three, three strong here. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the last part of a low mass? The last part of a low mass happens to be the last gospel. What? Yeah. All right. Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, what is the last part of a low mass? Yes, that would be the asparagus, the sprinkling of the holy water. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. La- asparagus? Yep. Okay. The sprinkling of the holy asparagus? water. Asparagus? Uh, Not asparagus. May. All right. Uh, uh, Lutitia, you got options. The last part of a low mass. This is, we're talking, these are tricky TLM questions here. Uh, is it the asparagus, as Adrian wants you to believe, or is it the last gospel, as Rudy is suggesting? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Lutitia in Pearland, Texas. What say you? I believe it's the last gospel. Wow. What would make you think the last so gospel was at the end? <laughs> the root word last. The root word. Yes. Etymology last. Lutetia, <laughs> you are brilliant. Yeah, you are amazing. Thank You're you. Perfect score. I was so nervous. You, you did great. You, all three. You're in the cup. You could win. You'll have to tune in Friday to find out. But Lutetia, God bless you. God love you. Thank you. Have a great day. Don't go anywhere. We're going to put you on hold. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Join us in the after show. Where we talk about, we spend a half hour just talking about the root word of feria. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the SALT community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Monday of the second week in Ordinary Time. This Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network 
and all of our online viewers. Please join us singing our opening song, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. Alleluia, sing to Jesus. He's the scepter, he's the throne. Alleluia, he's the triumph, he's the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. Jesus, out of every nation, hath redeemed us by his blood. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who govern all things, both in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, every high priest is taken from among men and made their representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal patiently with the ignorant and erring, for he himself is beset by weakness, and so for this reason must make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people. No one takes this honor upon himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, it was not Christ who glorified himself in becoming high priest, but rather the one who said to him, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. Just as he says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days when he was in the flesh, 
he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The scepter of your power the Lord will stretch forth from Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. Yours is princely power in the day of your birth in holy splendor. Before the day star, like the dew, I have begotten you. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. The Word of God is living and effective able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected, Why do, this, do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. In that first reading from the letter of the Hebrews, it says at the very end of that reading, Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. What an astounding statement, and a very strange one at that, that he learned obedience from what he suffered. Doesn't suffering rather tend to make us a bit more hard-hearted rather than to, than to train us. I was thinking of that old movie, uh, The Karate Kid, 
where Mr. Miyagi has Daniel-san go and wax the car, you know, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And Daniel-san finally gets fed up with this. He says, I want to learn karate, not, not how to wax the car. But through that, by that obedience to, uh, to Mr. Miyagi, he was actually learning how to make the right moves. In somewhat of a similar way, when we think of the sufferings or the different uh, difficulties that we go through, the trials that we go through, there lies the opportunity, as Jesus learned uh, obedience, through that suffering to learn obedience. Because what it does is it begins to break down the control, or I should say the apparent control that we have, that we think we have in our life, and open it up to something greater, a greater possibility. Because obedience really is to will the will of another, to do the will of another. And of course, for us, that is to do, be obedient to Christ or to God, is to do the will of God, hopefully each more, moment more perfectly in our life. But often it is through suffering that, that gives us the opportunity to break down our own will, our own wants, our, the old way that we think it should happen, in order to open up to greater possibility. So whether it's suffering, we learn really to, to depend more on Jesus. We depend more on the grace of God. Whether it's certain things that we're asked to do that, uh, of course, that are not sinful, but we're asked to do that sort of out of what we think should happen, we learn that, the, that uh, God's, God's plans are greater than ours. And so through suffering, we learn obedience to obey the Lord. When we look at the gospel, some, somewhat of that is present. When Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist, about fasting. Fasting is not something we're that accustomed to, except for, I guess, for Lent, uh, during the time of Lent. As we look at it as much as, a, as an aesthetic practice to kind of tone down our desire for food or drink or different pleasures and entertainments, Jesus rather raises the bar, though, to something quite different. That while it's true, we need to be able to tone those down to temper those desires that we have, but we temper them in order for something greater, for, to open ourselves to something uh, greater. And in this case, what Jesus says is, is to his presence. It has to do with the presence of the bridegroom, not just so that we can lose weight, and not so just we can overcome our weakness for pleasure of these different things. Rather, the greater good or the greater obedience is to the Lord, is to his will, so by fasting, by fasting from things that, we, that tend to give us pleasure and therefore lead us to, uh, to be kind of lazy in our spiritual life, it, rather, it opens us up to a new energy, which is the will of God. Therefore, Christ learned obedience through suffering. That's so strange. And, but he is the way, and he teaches us how to be obedient to his will through various sufferings that, he, that are present in our life. Those that most of the time we don't choose, but that the Lord permits in order that a greater good, a greater presence, of his presence in our life uh, can come forth. God the Father Almighty, dear brothers and sisters, may every prayer of our heart be directed. For his will is that all humanity should be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. Let us pray for the Holy Church of God, that the Lord may graciously watch over her and care for her. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the peoples of all the world, that the Lord may graciously preserve harmony among them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who are oppressed by any kind of need, that the Lord may graciously grant them relief. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray that we may learn obedience through suffering, following after the example of the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who suffer persecution for their faith, we pray for the priest that was, uh, that was killed in Nigeria, also the one that was injured, and all those who suffer persecution for their faith may persevere, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Upcoming this week, we pray for the week of Christian unity, that all Christians may be united in Christ and bear witness to his transforming power, his transforming grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves and our own community, that the Lord may graciously receive us as a sacrifice acceptable to himself. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us through Guadalupe Radio online, those who have asked us to pray for them, for these intentions, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, our refuge and our strength, hear the prayers of your church. For you yourself are the source of all devotion. And grant, we pray, that what we ask in faith, we may truly obtain through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our offertory song is, Here I Am, Lord. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. 
Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that we may participate worthily in these mysteries, for whenever the memorial of this sacrifice is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For out of compassion for the waywardness that is ours, he humbled himself and was born of the Virgin. By the passion of the cross, he freed us from unending death, and by rising from the dead, he gave us life eternal. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, 
we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay. Quitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. You have prepared a table before me, and how precious is the chalice that quenches my thirst. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift So far surpassing hope or thought Sweet sacrament we love thee more and more oh make us love thee more and more sweet sacrament we thee adore oh make us love thee love thee more and more. Let us pray. Pour on us, O Lord, the spirit of your love, and in your kindness make those you have nourished by this one heavenly bread, one in mind and heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. Amen. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing, Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Please join in singing our recessional song, All Creatures of Our God and King. All creatures of our God and King. The Prayer to St. Michael.
St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hey there. If you're not a Catholic, thank you so much for listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. I'm station manager Tim Mott, and it really means a lot to me that you chose to spend this time with the Guadalupe Radio Network.